Hey, Wine Moms, and thank you for listening to this MW Network and Emadon production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, themommywines.com, and wherever else you get your favorite podcasts. For exclusive content and early access, make sure to tune in on Patreon. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am getting over being sick, so my voice ironically might sound a little funny <laughs> I no, was no pressure <laughs> a couple days ago when I was like in the midst of my sickness and my toddler is also sick I was like oh no I might have to schedule my recording this weekend because I don't like I don't know if my voice is gonna hold out I don't know if it's gonna like be working you know I might lose it and how am I supposed to podcast with no voice but then I was like wait my guest this weekend is Tina founder and coach behind the voice stylist so how ironic Uh is it that I have no voice on the weekend that I'm podcasting with you I think it's perfect I love it I'm like, I'm just going to suffer through it because this is, you know, this is going to make a great show. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I was actually your coach, I would tell you that you should go and rest your voice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I only have um, just you this weekend. So after this episode, I will go and I will rest. And my son is with his dad, so I'm not going to be talking and just going to be working and editing and getting a bunch of stuff done nobody to talk to so after this it's like a little exercise you know like I'm taking it easy but still trying to to work it (laughs) absolutely (laughs) the saying goes if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life as a financial services consultant I believe that to be true For me, being a financial consultant is sharing my knowledge, skills, and experiences with others and watching them succeed in making their dreams become a reality. With a decade of family and business financial planning experience, I decided to leave behind the 9-to-5 high-rise corporate grind for a more personal and flexible lifestyle. I am now able to aid in the success of my clients that I want to work with, while being the mother I always wanted to be. My firm, EDJ Consulting, specializes in small to medium-sized business bookkeeping and payroll processing. If you are a business owner or know someone who is and located in the U.S., please go visit emadon.com for a full list of professional services offered. Now, if you're a mom like me and looking for a more flexible professional career opportunity that you can do anywhere, anytime, maybe becoming a home bookkeeper is right for you. Pre-sales for the Home Bookkeeper Masterclass are now available under the resources page on my website, emmadon.com. This course includes everything you need to know about starting your own home bookkeeping business, from learning the number one accounting program to building your brand and gaining your first clients. Go visit emmadon.com today. So hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mommy Wines podcast. I am your screechy, scratchy co-host, as always, Emma Dawn. (laughs) Um, And today I am joined by founder and coach behind the voice stylist, 
Tina, and I'm going to apologize again because I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce your last name. <laughs> I'm like, it's no what? worries. It's pronounced phonetically, so it's it's Baba Johnians. You did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, that's one of the things, like the biggest fear I have with my show is like always like mispronouncing someone's name or like a like a sponsor's like company name. Like one of the podcasts I listen to regularly is Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow. And mm-hmm. she recently had a podcast sponsor, which is Macari, the selling app, you know, like you've probably seen it around social media, but it's like a Poshmark or like an app similar to the Facebook marketplace. And she was mispronouncing Macari. She was calling it Mercury. And, oh. I, and I was like, she did it for like three episodes. And I am like, oh my God, that's like my biggest fear is just mispronouncing things in like in the ears of thousands of listeners (laughs) and so many times I'll stop myself and just say am I saying this right if I'm talking to someone and just to make sure if if I ever question you know a word that's there where where it's just it feels like I'm saying it wrong I'll I'll just stop and say am I saying this word right (laughs) I know I do that too I like I have no shame but if I was just gonna go and like talk about it over and over again and Ugh, it just like it freaks me out. It's like one of my podcasting fears. But I reached out to you and I was so interested in what you do. And you're not one of the like, I guess, typical guests, you know, I would have on my show. But I really like just I don't know, I was touched by your mission and what you do. So why don't you share a little bit with the audience about um, your voice stylist coaching and kind of your area of expertise? Sure. So by profession, I'm a speech and language pathologist. Um, and, you know, under that umbrella of speech pathology, one of the areas that we cover is the voice. And so many people that specialize in in voice therapy, often work in private practices and hospitals. And, you know, there's different types of voices that we work with. We work with professional singers and speakers and people who perhaps have, you know, disorders like, you know, just overuse and misuse of the voice that lead to disorders like vocal nodules. And some people, you know, um, Get, will get a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease in their lifetime. And that leads to the voice kind of deteriorating towards, you know, um, the more advanced parts of that, that diagnosis. Um, but the area that I focused on was gender affirming voice and communication services. So this is for people who identify as transgender, maybe they're non-binary or anywhere along the gender spectrum. Um, that's, that's my area of specialty. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's not an area that, you know, under my professional umbrella, it's, it's not an area that's actually something that someone 
has to do. It's an elective service, but it's so important for the people that I've that I've worked with. It's it's been life changing for them to be able to access a voice in a communication style that better aligns with who they are. Yeah, I love that. And that's one of the things I really loved about, um, you know, what I saw of you online. And luckily for you, it's not an area of, you know, your profession that's overly saturated. You know, there's tons of podcasts out there. There's tons of, I'm a bookkeeper by trade, but luckily for you, you know, like you don't have that currently that oversaturation. But one of the questions I did have was um, like, how soon, like, is it typically like around puberty? Like what is like the general age of the clients that you work with? Most of the clients that I work with right now are in their 20s and 30s, all the way up to their 60s. My oldest really? client was actually mm-hmm, my oldest client was actually um, sixty eight. Uh, my youngest client that I worked with was fourteen. Um, now I'm not an endocrinologist, and I don't, and I won't pretend to fully understand the transition process in terms of, you know, um, when someone might start hormone replacement therapy. Um, but I think that, I think that if a child strongly is, uh, identifies as transgender, I think they start to work with an endocrinologist who might place them on puberty blockers. Um, and then once they get to the age of when puberty would set in, I think they take them off of the blockers and start the hormone replacement therapy so that they can start puberty as their identified gender. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so at that point, um, if that's done early enough, you actually probably wouldn't need to address the voice from like a tone perspective, but I haven't personally encountered that at this point. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I'm, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm talking more than what the question was. <laughs> no. Well, this is a podcast. You're supposed to talk. And, and the less I have to is going to be great today. <laughs> so I just, I, I find this whole thing fascinating and I know there's tons of of parents out there maybe not tons and tons but I'm sure more than you know you would think of parents out there who are going through maybe an LGB I'm going to try to get all the letters LGBT LGBT fine <laughs> right like you know um you know, transition or situation within their family. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because, um, you know, what kind of tips as a voice professional can you give to maybe a parent or maybe, you know, they can share with their, with their child who may be going through one of these issues. Do you have any tips that you can give to maybe some parents or any like experiences, any stories that you have from working within this community? 
Sure. I think the first thing that I, I do want to say is, you know, my my specialty is working with the gender expansive community. But this idea that it's limited to only that community where people may or may not desire to change their voices, I actually kind of think it's, it's a little bit um, restrictive because to me, we... No, no one has taught any of us how to use our voice optimally. You know, we're, we're shown how to walk. We're taught how to use our fingers to grasp a pencil and to, you know, write really neatly. But, you know, our voices, we're taught language, but we're not taught how to breathe and use our instrument in a way that is most optimal. And so, you know, the more that I've worked with the transgender and non-binary community, the more and more I've all benefit from exploring our voice and learning how to use our voice in a way that is really healthy and really nice to listen to. As a mom, I know how important it is to have a good meal, and more times than not, I need something prepared, like, now. And I mean, like, right now. Because Milo goes from happy to hangry in a matter of just minutes. I'm pretty sure he gets that hangry jackal and hide side from me, unfortunately. Which sometimes makes it hard to make healthy choices and not just hit the nearest drive through window. But not anymore. That's why I love Real Good Foods. Real Good Foods is currently offering 10,000 free product vouchers to the first 10,000 folks that text Real Good to 474747. Feel good about mealtimes and snacks with Real Good Food. Make sure to text Real Good to 474747 for your chance to try Real Good Foods for free. Once again, text Real Good to 474747. With one of my clients who was a teenager, I worked very closely with this person's mom. And, you know, their mom would often get in touch with me and say, Tina, I don't understand why they won't use their feminine voice around us ever, you know, they've been seeing you and, and you've been doing really great work with them, but why won't they use their voice? And I, and I kind of had to counsel mom and, 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 you know, unpack this for her a little bit and say, look, you know, whenever I'm working with your child and I, I ask them, you know, how, how, how are you and how's your voice and how, how's it going in school and how's it going with your friends? They share that they're just elated and they love their voice and they feel like they're able to use it all the time. And, but when I ask them about, well, what about at home? And, and they just kind of share, yeah, you know, at home doesn't really matter to me. You, you know, sometimes I use my feminine voice. Sometimes I don't. That's to me, that's code switching. You have access to your, ins you have like access to the spectrum of what your voice can produce. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, do I have any tips for parents? You know, if there if 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 you are a parent and your child comes to you and expresses that they feel that they are transgender or non-binary, 
you know, part of it is age, you know, um, I would just say find a local uh, PFLAG chapter. PFLAG is a uh, LGBTQ family, um, very, very family friendly organization. It's for individuals and family members and allies of the LGBTQ community. Um, it's there's one chapter where I live that I go to as often as I can just to make myself available get to know members of the community and to be a resource. But I would say start by finding a local P flag chapter, you know, um, your kid, the kids just want to be loved. <laughs> yeah. And that just depends on the age and, you know, there's a lot of resources out there, but your kid just wants to be loved. And from a voice and communication perspective, uh, the resources out there and only if a, a child or a person ever expresses a desire to work on their voice and communication is the time that you would reach out to somebody, but there's absolutely no obligation. I, and I say this all the time. There's no obligation for anyone to change the way that they speak or communicate to conform, you know, to our societal expectations of what male or female is. Um, some people want to, and that is their choice. And we should be ready to help them if they want to do that. But it's absolutely not required. It's an elective, you know, it's an elective process. And, um, you know, I think we are the ones being cisgendered where we identify with the gender that we were assigned at birth. Um, I think we're the ones that want people to fall into the binary male, female, but I think that the, that's even shifting now where people are becoming more open and more fluid and understanding that people just want to live and let live, you know? Yeah. People just want to be people. Be, people just want to be exactly. Yeah. So when somebody comes to you for, you know, voice styling or voice coaching, is it more of a like an insecurity or do they want to just because I uh, there's so many obvious things when somebody goes through a transition, you know, they want a different hairline or they want breasts or they want, you know, whatever to change the way they they look. But when it comes to a voice you know, like what are, what are their main concerns when they come to you and they want to make that change? Well, I, I have to say this, that no two trans person story is the same. So, you know, each person has a very different story and they will, you know, go through their transition different than the next person will. Um, so when somebody comes to me, so typically... I work with a lot of trans feminine clients. Um, safety is the number one issue, which is very sad. It, that's very, that's sad and it breaks my heart and it is not okay that safety is what drives a lot of people to make sure that they present themselves in a way where they, were, they are safe when they are out in public. And I think, you know, um, that's an important one to highlight. See, that's um, not something... I would have even thought of that would have never even have crossed my mind. Sure. Because when you, t when, when you open your mouth to talk, you know, someone looks at, someone's looking at you, Emma, and they're perceiving you as being falling in the feminine spectrum of gender 
and you open your mouth to talk, your voice is aligned with what that person has been perceiving visually. And so there's no disconnect for them. But, you know, there are many people out there, trans women who and I and I, I this is what I've heard from my clients, um, you know, everything about me is feminine. I, I love everything about myself. But when I go to talk, that's when I feel the most uh, dissatisfaction or disconnect, or sometimes, you know, they'll use the word dis, uh, dysphoria. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's another reason it's that it's the disconnect of, you know, I don't, I don't like when I hear what is perceived as a masculine voice, but also it's that safety piece. It's, it's, it's huge. And, um, part of the reason why we get a lot of trans feminine clients working with voice coaches and voice therapists is because hormone replacement therapy doesn't do much to change the voice. Now for our trans masculine clients, testosterone is a powerful hormone. It will change the voice over time. Oh, I, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, I, I'm just so, I'm just so like, whatever, you know, like I would never even bat an eye if I was talking to a woman and her voice sounded different but I know that there's a lot of people out there who would and for me safety wouldn't have been an issue I would have like initially thought of but now that you kind of bring it up I can kind of realize like you know maybe there are still people out there who aren't as you know free thinking for me I would have thought the biggest reason would have been like an insecurity you know like they might be on the phone like me I hate my voice which is funny because I have a podcast (laughs) and I have to edit these episodes but like when I hear myself like on the on the um like my voicemail or if I hear back when I'm editing you know me talking to one of my guests you know I'm not the biggest fan of my voice so I would have just thought it would have been like a like an insecurity, you know, like a wearing a bikini on the beach or, you know, somebody who wants to go in and get like a plastic surgery, you know, like it would have just been an insecurity that kind of ate at them. But the security and the safety issue that just like it breaks my heart and it blows my mind that that's one of the main reasons why somebody would make such a drastic change. Yeah, I would say safety is the number one. The you know the the dysphoria around the voice is um, another one. Some people want to just be able to, like we talked about the code switching. Some people want to just be able to code switch and you and be able to access the different parts of their voice to serve different purposes. Um, and you know, each person is going to have a different reason and. It's very personal um, and it takes a lot of work, but yeah, yeah, those, that, those are the main, those are the main ones that I've, I've, you know, my clients have shared with me. Again, you can't really make assumptions um, because every story is so, so different that we even, you know, if you, no matter how many people I meet and work with, I always tell myself before I meet someone new, like, don't make any assumptions about what this person wants or how it's going to go for them. You know, let them tell you their story. Are you a coffee lover just like me? 
Sipping my morning java is the only way I can keep up with my toddler and busy lifestyle. That's why I love Coffee Over Cardio. Coffee Over Cardio is a premium coffee company started by female entrepreneur Abby Scott. Whether you love a good flavored blend or a strong roast, Coffee Over Cardio is ideal for any jitterbug. They are also carb-free, keto-friendly, sugar-free, and gluten-free, so pretty much that means they're completely guilt-free. Try Coffee Over Cardio's most popular flavors today, French Toast and New Doctor's Orders Vanilla Hazelnut. Yum! <laughs> Make sure to use code 10EMADON to save at checkout. Once again, that's 10EMADON at coffeeovercardio.com. Through my clients, like, you know, just always keeping an open mind and, and letting the client reveal their story to you. See, I just recently, like, I've always been super, I'm just a curious person mm -hmm. in general. And when I moved to Salt Lake City, which is where I am, I, like, just became so much more curious. And one, one of the reasons I love my podcast is because I can talk to all kinds of different people and I can ask questions and I can learn. And, you know, like, that's just like, it's. I don't know. I've always been so fascinated by hearing people's stories because like you said, everybody, no matter what the situation, you know, everyone is living, we're all living together on earth, but like we all live this separately, you know, customized and personal life. And it's so fascinating to me to hear people's stories and, you know, what makes them tick and why they like the music they like or, you know, what they do and their hobbies and all of this. So I totally understand that everybody it just lives such a different life. But yeah, I don't know. I'm like people curious, you know, like I just love hearing stories. I think that's great to be curious. <laughs> I know. I, I'm like, oh, you know, like your religious beliefs, like, oh, cool. Like, why, why do you connect this way? Or you know, you like country music or I just recently had somebody on who's like a foodie and I was editing her episode right before we got on this call and she like loves Thai food and I, I hate Thai food, but I was like, why do you like Thai food? Like, I don't know. I'm just such a curious person and I'm, I feel like you can learn so much from different people and their experiences in life and their stories of, you know, like their just life journey. And it's, it's one of those things, like I grew up in Cleveland and Cleveland is such a diverse area. Um, there's so many different neighborhoods and cultures and music and religions and ethnicities and all of this stuff. But Salt Lake is very bland, I guess. It's becoming more and more diverse as time goes on. But when I first moved here, I was like so fascinated. Um, and I think it's just kind of enhanced my people curiousness, I guess. I don't know. I'm making up a word here. Um, but yeah, I love hearing stories like this and uh, just kind of taking part in and hearing about people's different experiences. So how how did you get started in this kind of niche? You know, like you said, 
Um, speech pathology is so broad. What kind of made you want to narrow it down to work with the um, LGBTQ community? Well, when I when I was a new grad, I uh, <clears throat> worked. I started in the public schools, and I also just did. I did weekends at a hospital because I, I you know, in the schooling when we learned about voice therapy, it, it just, it fascinated me. And it, it was such a different part of the field. Um, so, you know, I, I, I knew I loved kids and I wanted to work with kids, but I also knew that I wanted to do something with the voice. And so, you know, started doing the public school thing and started exploring the hospitals. Oh, wait. So, my son's daycare, quick question, they were concerned because he wasn't talking to anybody. He wouldn't talk to adults, but he would, like, jibber-jabber with other yeah. kids. And they came to me, and they're like, you know, here's a number for a specialist. You need to get him in and see if he needs development with speech. Now, is that, like, the same thing? Like, is that what, yeah. like, a speech pathologist yeah. would do? Like, yeah. when... It is okay. Okay, I was like, wait, this sounds very similar. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> but no, he talks all the time. He won't shut up. But like, he needed his teacher came to me, his preschool teacher, and was like, he's not talking to us. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I'm like, Milo, why aren't you talking to Miss Tiffany? And he just like shrugged his shoulders like a little emoji. Because <laughs> like, I don't feel like it. Yeah, he's like, I don't feel like it. He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you need to talk to her. You need to communicate with her. And like now she came to me and it was like a switch. Like he just needed that permission. That's hilarious. And she's like, and now he talks more than any other kid in the class. He like will not when shut I, up. I school, like, well, the teachers would always send home, you know, the report cards and they'd have the comments section. They would say, yeah. she talks way too much in class. And then it was funny because <laughs> then when my sister went started to go to school, she had the complete opposite. And it would they'd comment, please encourage her to talk. <laughs> and to this day, I'm the talker. And my sister is like the silent, stoic one. So I, I <laughs> fell into the right field because I like to talk and <laughs> people talk. But yeah, so, you know, I've got 10 years of experience in public education working with children. Um in special education, and then another eight years in the acute hospital setting. But during all that, I just always was fascinated with the voice. And then the more I explored voice therapy, I came across this teeny tiny little niche of, you know, working with um, the gender expansive community. And I just thought, whoa, how cool is that to be able to help somebody align their voice and communication to better express their gender. That's interesting. So that is really interesting. And it's really, yeah. Cool. So this was probably about eight years ago that I kind of took dabbled in the first, you know, in the idea of, you know, doing this as a private practice. And I had a really wonderful experience with my first client but she had already done the bulk of the work. So she just wanted somebody to who was a professional to listen to her voice, make sure that she was doing everything right, that she sounded good, and that she wasn't going to injure her voice. And so my very first client was this 
really great experience. You know, it was very easy and fun. And I was like, I could totally do this. And then she referred her roommate to me, who was the complete opposite experience. She really, really <laughs> struggled with her voice and not only with her voice, but she just was struggling with this process she was going through. And it kind of scared me because I thought, you know, I can be a voice therapist, but but I also need to be a counselor in some way. Now, I'm not saying that having being a voice therapist replaces someone's need for a licensed and certificated <laughs> mental health specialist, but there's a part of our work as speech and language pathologists that it, you know, it encompasses a bit of a little bit of counseling. Like a hairdresser or a bartender. I, mean, I would say maybe a little bit more than that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know my hairdresser definitely is not a licensed yeah. therapist, but I talked to her about everything. For sure. And so, you know, that was about eight years ago and it kind of, it scared me because I felt like I'm not qualified to do that. Like, I don't, I, I had gone, I had gone through my own things, but I was like, I've never gone through anything that's made me you know, want to go to therapy or so I kind of shied away from it a little bit, but it was always this like, like little seed in the back of my mind that was like, but I really want to do this one day. So fast forward life, you know, happens and I end up in therapy for my own issues as we all have them. And so I'm sitting here sharing with my therapist about some boy who broke my heart and suddenly, as I'm talking, I'm having this out-of-body experience where I'm like, oh, my God, this is how I could work with my clients. Like, I get it. I get what it means to listen. I get what it means to be able to not be a – not again, not be – I'm not claiming to be a, a counselor, but I, I got the essence of it which is why when people go to school to become MFTs or social workers, they have to also go to therapy as part of their curriculum. Because when you start yeah. to understand, oh, this, this is how you listen and validate someone and, and kind of guide their thinking. And so it like revived this desire and excitement to help that community and, you know, it would be a couple more years after that where I finally left the hospital position and I thought, I'm going to just put myself out there and I'm just going to see what happens and I'll take it really slow. And I I reached out to a bunch of LGBT centers out here in Southern California and went out with them and did um, a couple free workshops with, you know, uh, trans feminine clients. I, I, I asked them to give me feedback. I asked them to school me on, you know, the cultural competency piece, you know, is the language that, I, that I'm using, is it inclusive? Is it compassionate? You know, is it, does this make sense? And so it's almost like I, they like came around me, these, these, these women and were like, this is, this, this is awesome. Think about this, change that, be careful when you say this. And they were actually the ones who were like, you want to always remember that none of our stories are the same. Like, yes, we yeah. fall into this umbrella of like, I am a transgender person, but that does not mean that this person's story is the same as that person's story. And so I always try to highlight that when I talk about this to people. Um, but that's kind of how I got into it. And 
honestly, it has been such a wonderful experience. Everybody that I've worked with has been incredible. They have been wonderful people that are multifaceted, talented, you know, just, just great humans. And they've just got this one piece of them that is, I am transgender. And I'm here to work on my voice because I want to feel better aligned with who I am. I want to be able to communicate yeah. it and go on with my life. And, and I love that. I'm like, that's what I'm here for is to just help you along in this journey, give you the skills that you want to have, and then, you know, send you on your way so that you can, can take everything that I've taught you and continue to apply it because it's a, it's a, it's a lot, it's a marathon, not a sprint, you know? Oh, I yeah. Bet. So, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of been my, my, my journey to, to becoming a voice, a voice therapist and a voice coach. And, and, and even more so now I've just been thinking a lot about how so many people are using the podcast platform to share their stories and their expertise. And, you know, you're hearing, you do hear a lot of people come on and, and you can tell people are not taught how to use their voice optimally, um, how to breathe for an optimal voice, how to speak from a place where the voice is resonating vibrantly and, and you know, are, are, are you using too much intonation? Are you too monotone? Where's your pitch at? Do you talk too fast? Do you talk too slow? Like there's so many parameters that surround the voice and some people seem to have it, you know, uh, I'm sure you yeah. could probably you could probably name someone that you've heard talk that really left a like vocal imprint on you where you're like, gosh, that person. Obama's a great example. I love his yes, voice. He's got a great voice and a great. I it's so unique. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, and you know there there are just some people that just have you know they they got it, but we can all access that, and you know. I'm probably not using my best voice right now because I'm excited and I'm talking about this, but yeah, I've done it enough where I can well, definitely. I'm, I'm probably not either. So it's well, fine. You have a good excuse. You have a cold you're getting over. <laughs> new year, new wine. And of course, I'm talking nakedwines.com. If you haven't tasted the delicious, independently crafted wines from boutique winemakers around the world, can you even call yourself a fellow wine mom? Debatable. But don't worry, I got you, girl. Use code MOMMYWINES50 or click the link in the show notes below to receive your first six bottles delivered right to your door for only $34.99. That's $34.99 for six bottles of wine delivered to your door with code MOMMYWINES50. You're welcome. So I know you're in the Southern California area. Yes. Now, do you see all of your clients in person or do you do like kind of remote coaching or video chats? So I see all my clients are in California. Um, so I see them through um, my telepractice. So it is remote. Um, I think that a lot of people like that because of, again, the safety, you know, they get to work out of their home, you know, they don't have to drive around, they don't have to drive to get to me, uh, but it's all remote. Yeah. Okay. 
but I just wanted to like get that question out there just in case anybody was interested in getting this voice styling. Um, and then also I was curious how long is like, I know it probably varies from person to person. Cause some people, like you said, you could have a super easy client who did a bulk of the work already, or you could have a more challenging one that isn't grasping it as quickly. But do you kind of have like a, like a time frame? You know, like I remember when I went to therapy, they were like, oh yeah, let's start off with eight weeks, you know, once a week. But do you normally have like a time frame after like a consultation, I'm sure, that you give people of like your exercises? So I, so after the consultation, what I usually do is I start with an assessment um, of the voice. And after that, I recommend to my clients that we go through at least 10 sessions together. Um, and we usually meet every other week because the information that I give is so detailed that I think people feel this cognitive overload of information. And so the, the reason for the every other week model is to give people time to process the information and then actually put it into practice. And then I get to see that person for almost six months. Um, and then what I like to do is I like to say, take a month off, do everything that we've been doing. And then we meet for a complimentary session so that I can make sure that they've learned how to carry those skills in their everyday life. Um, yeah, kind of like a reassessment, right? Yes, exactly. And then after that, it's truly up to the client. Uh, you know, if they want to continue to work with me, I'm happy to do that. But most people, when they come to work with me, they are ready to do the work. So they take it very seriously. They're diligent with their homework. This is just like, I, I don't know why. I'm definitely not going to go to school to be a speech pathologist. But this is so interesting. Is it kind of like, so what I'm kind of visualizing in my head is like a, like a workout, you know, like your voice is like a muscle. And, you know, like there's some people who want to be really bulky or there's some people who want to be lean and that's, I don't know, like, that's just like the visual, the visualization that I'm getting is, you know, on that spectrum, is that anywhere close to the reality of, you know, changing the tone or the presence of your, we can do some exercises if you would, if you want to, so we can like demo. Yeah, let's try it. So the first thing that I usually do with people is, we talk a lot about resonance. So do you kind of, do you have an idea of what resonance is or you want me to kind of define it? Oh, definitely define it. I have no idea. So, so resonance is uh, where sound reverberates in your body. So if you were to just sit there and say a couple sentences and sort of pay attention to where the vibrations are, that vibration where it is the most impactful, that's where your resonance is sitting right now. So resonance can also be heard right now because you kind of have a stuffy nose. You kind of sound like you've got that clogged sinus resonance. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what we would do is we would have you sit there and just, you know, you would put your fingertips up to your cheekbones and hum until you can sort of feel the vibration move to the forward most part of your face. Um, so anyone that's listening can do that. So you put your fingertips on your cheekbones and you start to hum 
um, and you start to sort of pull the volume up and forward so your pitch will rise a little bit and this works really well for voice feminization or any you know um yeah anyone who wants to achieve a feminine voice or if you already have a feminine voice and you want to make it better um you can try that and so if you were to do that you'd feel the buzz in your lips and kind of behind your sinuses where like your cheekbones are and in your nose and from there, you start to open that up into a may. Mm, and so you're trying to carry that forward focus buzz into your speech. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's the that's like teaching the skill. And then from there, what we do is we build it through the speech hierarchy. So you take the skill from just creating a sound and you start to teach how do you carry that forward focus resonance to carry into conversational speech? And that's where the work comes in, right? So it's doing a lot of drills. Um, and we also do a lot of breath work. So people, you know, are a lot of times people are shallow breathers. They just breathe into like their clavicle. So we have to almost retrain the breathing so that the breath can give your voice the energy to carry that resonance through a conversation and not die off. And end up in, you know, that kind of a uh, guttural space. That gl it's called glottal fry. You know that like kind of valley girl people. Oh yeah, voice the <laughs> like down here. That <laughs> yeah. So it is kind of like a workout or an exercise. You're gonna listen to this and be like, "What are they talking about?" <laughs> No, I think it's interesting. I listen to all kinds of crazy crap on podcasts these days. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually I'm sitting here and I'm trying to do it. So I'm like, there might be a couple pauses in my response. No, and it's funny because I feel kind of weird being like, mm, like on a podcast. But that's that's what it is. It's you put your fingertips up and you're like, mm, mm. so when I kind of slide up the pitch a little bit. I feel the buzz come to my lips. And so that's like my most forward focused voice. So it sounds like, mm, hi, my name is Tina. This is me speaking with a forward focused resonance. And it probably sounds a lot more pleasant to listen to than what I've been doing for the last 45 minutes. Hi, Alexa. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was awesome. But it takes a lot. Of that sounded so different than what. Oh, shut up, Alexa. <laughs> Hold on, my, my Alexa's freaking out. Alexa, off. <laughs> okay, my bad. <laughs> but, um, but that takes so much effort to speak like that. Like, I feel it in my diaphragm and my abdomen when I talk like that. It's easier... Really, for me to drop down into this is my habitual voice. I'm a really loud talker. I get excited, and I'm just like all over the place. Uh, oh yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> and but it it feels really empowering to know that in certain situations I can go in and I can access that really clean newscaster type of voice that you know people can listen to me, for instance, lecture with that voice, right? That voice is a lot more pleasing to the ear, at least in my opinion, for myself. That's for myself. Um, 
I, I, it, I just think people, you know, can do so much with their voice and use it as a tool, not just to communicate, yes, your inner thoughts and your feelings, but also to use your voice to command attention and make a statement with your voice. You're, you're a mom. You have a mommy voice. What's your mom's voice? Oh. <laughs> it is. You'll shake in your boots. It is very scary. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm such a wimp. <laughs> oh, I, working with kids has brought out my mommy voice, and it's very mean. <laughs> so, okay, can we trade? Or can, okay, maybe I need to do voice <laughs> coaching because I need to get a mommy voice. And I, my business is also growing, and I'm doing more like in-person teaching and lectures and. I'm about to record the audio for my home bookkeeper course that's going to be online. So people are just going to be sitting there listening to me talk about things. And I'm like, I feel so bad for them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you're going to have to sit here and listen to me for 90 minutes. (laughs) I know. And it's so funny because everybody says that. I hate the way I sound. Well, we should change that. We should learn to speak in a way where we love the way that we sound. It's also strange too, because the way I think my voice sounds is not the way it actually sounds like, and I didn't really realize this until I started podcasting and I started editing those episodes and producing those episodes is the way I think I sound. And I think this one is going to be the most dramatic because I hear everything. It's like my ears need to pop because of my sinuses. But like when I'm speaking, I think it sounds fine. But then when I hear it back and it sounds totally different than what I thought it was going to be like. And I, I've i been doing this over a year and a half now, almost two years. And it's still like a shock every time I edit episodes. So maybe I should just for my own, <laughs> you know, insecurity maybe do some voice coaching. (laughs) I think it's, I think it's so interesting. I think it should be something that we're taught in like high school, you know, you know, the kids take like speech and debate, like, okay, make it a part of the general ed curriculum to just say, look, yes, we all have this habitual voice when we get around friends and family and we're comfortable and, you know, we don't always have to be on, but just like we take care of our mental health and our physical health, why not our vocal health? Why not learn to use our voice as a tool, you know, so that when you're, you know, recording a podcast, presenting a lecture, or you're talking to your partner or your children, you can access the full spectrum of your vocal range and learn how to use your voice in ways that it can serve you instead of hinder you. Um, So that's my whole thing with it. And, you know, it's, it's just something interesting that a lot of, you know, I think, people aren't talking about because you know who thinks about who thinks about their voice unless they lose their voice (laughs) right (laughs) I think I've thought about my voice so much more in the past few days than I have in years but and and that's why I kind of wanted to have you on the show is just to spark this curiosity and to I don't know like kind of give you a little bit of a platform to kind of share your expertise and I found it very interesting I hope everybody else did um and I loved having you on as a guest today and I'm glad I didn't reschedule because I just think the irony yeah is 
so funny. (laughs) (laughs) But go ahead and share with everyone um, where they can find you online and um, social media. So my website is thevoicestylist.com and social media handles are all at thevoicestylist. Um, right now I've, I've just started writing a series of posts on resonance. And so I'm going to do my very best over the next couple weeks to try and write about resonance and, and start to sort of talk people through the journey of, you know, the different vocal parameters. And, um, I think it'll be really interesting, especially for people that are in the vocal athlete space. If you're, a teacher or a therapist or politician or you know anybody that uses their voice every day for work is a vocal athlete singers actors podcasters so oh yeah well I'm definitely gonna follow along I think I already followed you on my podcast account and I'm excited to see more of you on social media Mm -hmm. and Thank you so much for being my guest and and sharing all that you do. And I'm going to try that exercise a little bit more later today after I, you know, rest my voice a little bit and drink some yeah. tea. <laughs> are you a fan of the Mommy Wines podcast? Well, of course you are, or you wouldn't be hearing this right now. One of the best ways to support the show you love, besides obviously tuning in every Wine Wednesday for new episodes is shopping the Mommy Wines merch store on teespring.com. This is where you'll find all of the Mommy Wines branded goodness, mugs to hold your coffee over cardio morning java, iPhone and Samsung cases, premium ultra soft hoodies perfect for upcoming cooler months, and of course flowy teas and tanks flattering on every mommy out there. Go shop the Mommy Wine storefront on teespring.com and make sure to use code WINEMOM for free shipping. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mommy Wines Podcast. Make sure to leave a rating and review. To support the show you love, check out the exclusive branded merchandise on themommywines.com. For extra sassy, honest, and potentially controversial content, make sure to join me over on the Mommy Wines Patreon. Also, don't forget to check out the other shows on the MW Network. If you love scary stories and true crime, You'll love Tales After Dark. More shows are coming soon, so make sure to stay connected on social at Mommy Wines Podcast. And until next Wine Wednesday, mamas, parent and drink responsibly.